Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of Volley. Seth, my friend, are you out there? I am. End of another week here. I know, I know. I'm getting over a cold this week, so forgive my stuffiness. It's not as bad as it's been, but on the mend. better now, though? Yeah, I'm on the mend. Just in time for the weekend. Perfect. Good timing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Sick all week, well on the weekend. I like how you do that. That's, yeah, that's my master plan. Yeah. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> no, no, it's a beautiful weekend here, looking like uh, all our leaves are turning. And uh, it's a nice fall columbus day weekend upcoming yeah i think uh i think we're gonna have it nice too i think it, it was kind of warm but um really rainy yesterday i don't think from the hurricane I'm, i think i'm a little too far inland for that but uh really rainy and i thought i think that front came through and now it's gonna cool off a little bit and we'll, we'll get outside it's a nice crisp fall weather right well, what are we gonna? We're gonna talk about big stuff today, right? Big doings, yeah, yeah. You and I were talking a little bit yesterday because we're both working on studies right now, and we're both getting a lot of requests and looking at some things that I think relate to these two studies um, that that tend to give a big overview of what's going on in IT. And I think as much as we dive into some of the topics like cloud or mobility or managed services sometimes it's maybe good to step back and set the stage and say, this is the environment that these things are happening in. And this environment has actually undergone a lot of change. So I'm working on a digital organization study, which kind of talks about end users and how they've been doing IT. And you are just wrapping up your state of the channel, which talks about the IT channel that brings technology to those end users and helps them maybe execute their vision or, uh, or run their operations. Right, right. Yeah, I think there's a lot of good findings in both of those studies, uh, and I think they point to some serious change that's going on, and I don't think that's a big surprise, but I think we're really reaching a kind of a pinnacle here where um, both the end-user community and how they consume and use technology and build their IT infrastructure uh, is changing rapidly, and I know you can talk about that at length. And by necessity, that means that the channel and the dis distributors and everybody who serves the IT end-user community um, has to change the way that they do business as well. So it's very interesting times. Yeah, yeah. So. To talk about those that change, let's go back a little bit to talk about how it used to be. So we've described these three eras of IT, three eras of technology, um, starting with the mainframe era, moving into the PC and internet, and now with cloud and mobility. And that's not unique to us. You know, we didn't just come up with that in a vacuum. There's a lot of people that have described different slices of time and how things are changing. And I think for us, the, the reason that we define things the way we do isn't so much because of the technology that's available as it is the behaviors that companies follow when they're, when they're trying to use this new technology and the behaviors that get driven out of it. Um, and so I think the, the mainframe era was the start of it, um, but I, I don't know how interesting that is other than just being the start because it was so specialized then. Just you know having stuff in the back office and needing the specialized skill and having the bucks to buy the, the specialized equipment really restricted access. And, and it got things started and big companies were doing things, but it didn't get out to the masses that much you know, until about 25 or 30 years later when the prices of those things started dropping down. Uh, mainframes had you know, little babies that we called servers and uh, the PC started getting on everyone's desk. And so now you've got this 
environment where more and more people have access to technology, more people are starting to use it for their job, but we don't quite have strong literacy around technology. And so there's a lot of value that can be added by implementing the technology correctly and supporting the technology. From there, though, we really have moved into a service-related kind of environment where you've got a mix of the on-premise equipment, as you refer to, the baby servers. I like that. I think you should coin that term. Um, <laughs> and uh, and also the, the myriad options out there for customers to consume their technology via the Internet as a service. Uh, and that really changes the way I would think from an end user perspective, and you could speak to this, the way that an IT department and even line of business go about planning or mapping their IT strategy. Yeah, I I think you're right that it's it's changed into becoming, you know, more around services, more around putting things together to match a vision. I think that IT in general is is moving from operational to strategic, and we're kind of right in the middle of that, and I'll, I'll get into that in digital organizations, but we saw some of that last year, um, and I think we've seen it over the past few years, but we saw it in the data last year where, where IT um, employees were saying that that was the shift that they were seeing, and business function employees were saying that that's what they wanted to see, that's what they needed to see out of their technology. So along with this shift in how businesses want to use it, you've got an increase in literacy. You've got an increase in the savvy that people have with selecting their own technology, knowing where to go, being able to get it, being able to install it. And so I think that the amount of value that you can bring by simply bringing in technology options, you know, reselling technology options from places that might have not been super accessible before, and then installing those options just so that they're up and running. And so now you've got this operational layer of IT that a business needs to put their business ops on top of. That's moving to now you have to plug that technology into the business units and directly drive the business forward instead of just having it be supporting and kind of indirectly doing it through the business processes. Well, yeah, yeah, that actually maps very well to what is happening in the channel today, too. I mean, they're historically, you know, the channel, when I first started out, were value-added resellers. I mean, they were resellers. That's the word that we used. And they were moving product into um, into their end users' environments. And that's PCs, servers, you know, whatever, networking equipment, a lot of hardware, basically. And then selling software licenses. And that's what they did, and they did it under the guise of whatever vendor brand that they sold, and that's how they represented themselves. It was almost as though they were an extension of any vendor's sales force and were not really a business in and of themselves in a sense. And that's changing because, as you just said, the ways that uh, customers can buy technology today is you know, changing so rapidly. They're able to do their own provisioning. They're able to have a lot of transparency into what the options are and what is available to them. And in many cases, they don't need this reseller role to be bringing technology in and showing them and letting them touch it and let them and then explaining to them, you know, how it works and why you should buy this this product over that product. That's going away. And so the channel is finding itself in a position where they need to figure out what their value add is. And I think there's, there's at least based on my study, there's definitely some concern and some confusion about that, whether or not 
for instance, cloud is a good thing or a bad thing for the channel. I personally think that if you go about it in the right way, a channel company can really position themselves well and go beyond quote unquote. They're trying to, the ones who are most confounded, I think, are trying to fit a reseller model to the cloud. And so their attitude is, well, we resold, we, you know, we've always resold this kind of infrastructure, the on-premise. We can just translate that exact same model to the cloud and resell cloud services. Well, you can resell cloud services, but that's not where the money is going to be, and that's probably not going to sustain you in the future. So the channel right now, if you really want to move forward with cloud, has to get so much more creative with the types of services that they're offering. And a lot of them are around helping customers figure out what some of these best solutions are for them, but then also providing that ongoing management and security around the cloud solutions that the customers have. But understanding that these customers may actually go out and provision the services on their own, and they may be coming in after the fact. It's it's no longer they're the lead with whatever product it is, but they may be the person that's pulled in later or after the fact to help the end customer manage and figure out how to integrate or whatever they have to do, all the various SaaS applications to use an example or whatever else they're doing in the cloud. Mm-hmm. I think you're right about the mentality being the thing that's getting in the way so much that starting from you know those people that are that are coming out of reselling uh, and have have still been very active doing that, they they've been you know the conduit to technology. And for so many companies that have simply put in technology operationally, that conduit is just about putting it in place and reselling it. And so then I think when cloud comes along, they're thinking, how can I resell cloud? How can I continue to get my customers the products that they want? And again, the behavior has changed. Um, And so it's not so much that people need help finding these products. They don't need help putting them in. Where they need help is making that thing drive the business forward. And and it's typically not around a single product anymore. It's typically around an entire system of, of different products. Right. Um, and so, you know, the value comes in integration or in, you know, analyzing the data that's specific. And, and so all of those activities, I think, are very different from either, you know, being the conduit and doing the reselling or even, you know, managing and supporting um, because a lot of that, I think, has become is becoming commoditized as as people move to the cloud and they say, I'm getting you know some management and support. Uh, you know, it's not like I have to worry about keeping this up and running now. The provider maybe is doing that for me. You know, especially if it's if it's a piece of SaaS software. You know, that's that's not installed on premise. You know, the the vendor is is looking after that and making sure that it's it's up and running. And so none of that, you know, matters anymore. And and so the notion of reselling that piece, or even the notion of managing that piece, I think begins to fade quite a bit. And it has to be more around how are you, you know, integrating that piece, um, or how are you doing something different now that you have access to that uh, that you couldn't do before. Yeah, I mean, I'll disagree just slightly with the fact that I don't think that the channel has a role to play in managing here because. One of the the things that I've cited a few times is uh, talking to companies that have multiple SaaS applications, and as we're seeing more line of business department heads approving a particular cloud application within their department, and this is going on in big companies, and all of a sudden you've got hundreds of these applications that are all um, in 
silos. And I hate to use that word, but it's almost it's it's very similar to what we used to see back in the old old days. Um, so you've got one department that's got you know three different SaaS apps going on, and another department there, and nothing's talking to one another. So I think what we're finding is that many of these ISVs that build these SaaS apps, um, they have a support line for their customers, but they're going to get overwhelmed. And what we're finding is that initially, if you click to provision a lot of these SaaS apps, you get the basic application. It doesn't come with any sort of support. You'd have to pay for that, for instance. And users are quickly finding out as their environments get more complex with these applications that they do need support. So then they're turning back to the ISV and they're paying for the support, and then the ISVs are getting overloaded because these are, a lot of these companies are very small. There are startups, a lot of these SaaS companies, and they just don't have the capacity to handle the support. And that's where we're seeing the channel play a role. They can come in and be that first-line support system to end customers and helping them manage and troubleshoot and secure these applications and integrate, as you said. You know, case in point, Salesforce's big conference was this week, Dreamforce, and I read a story the other day. There were 175,000 people there, attendees. Now, that's a mix of partners, ISVs, and customers, but still, that's Comdex-like numbers we're talking about to, to date myself back. But, I mean, that's astonishing. And if that is the direction that the channel is going, we've got a whole group of legacy channel players that are not moving in that direction that may find themselves on the sidelines if they don't start to think about some of the things that we've been talking about. Yeah, I, I agree with you that a lot of these models that the channel is using right now aren't completely going away. Uh, I mean, we hear from resellers that still say, I'm very active. I'm selling fine, you know, my, my clients need this stuff. And, you know, none of this happens very quickly. It depends greatly on the the savvy of the customer, right? And, and the amount of skill that they have in-house, the amount of skill that they want to have in-house long-term and what they're trying to do. And I think reselling is that first thing that we could see maybe, you know, falling off as people realize that they've got these direct lines to get something or they can spin up cloud services pretty easily. And, and I think that management will be, you know, more down the road, but um, it could also come under a little bit of pressure as as customers get things in place, as vendors maybe, you know, beef up what they're doing. And it, it might you know, begin to be threatened a little bit, but I, I certainly wouldn't say that it is today. Right. No, I, I agree that we're going to, you know, we, we will continue to see traditional types of channel models, at least, and, and users who are um, continuing to buy in that way. But I do think down the road, we're going to see some tremendous change in this area. And I don't think it obviates the need for third parties, just to speak to the channel specifically, but I do think we really, we're going to need to see some of these companies really transform and I mean not just moving to managed services which has been the kind of the what we think of when we talk about business transformation but getting more into their own intellectual property in some cases becoming very niche oriented we always talk about business outcome is the thing that customers want now and uh, I'm starting to hear from vendors that it's very important to them that it's not about what their partners are selling so much as making sure that their partners are um, assuring some good positive business outcome for that end customer. And in order to do that, uh, you need to be very vertically focused. And I think that's going to be a big push for the channel in the future. And when I say vertical, what I'm hearing 
uh, from some of the research that we've done is that we're not talking about just I understand the retail industry, but I am very niche in something called luxury retail, and that's I'm your go-to partner for that. Um, something you know, we're talking very, very granular lines of vertical expertise. And, and that could be the big value add for the channel going forward is those who can be, if a vendor can call on a customer is, you know, whatever, name the industry. All right, let's do something silly. Like you're in the casino industry. And so there, there are very niche software applications that pertain to, um, to casinos and how many solution providers out there uh, are steeped in that and how many of them understand the cloud-based applications that might be a- applicable to that. Those are the types of directions that are going to, A, get the channel healthy for the future, and B, be able to help them deliver business outcomes for that very specific type of customer that only cares about how their casino operates as opposed to a bigger, more horizontal type of solution that the reseller typically would sell in the past. It's interesting that you mentioned that vendors are starting to push for this out of their partners, that they're they're saying, this is what we would like to see. This is how we're going to bring business to you. And this is what our relationship is going to look like. Because what what I think about when I hear that is the um, notion that we've been talking about for a while of, of partnering more and doing more partner to partner partnering so that if you are in this niche, and you're not in another one that is needed for that system to come together, how can you find each other? And so I think some of that is going to fall to the vendors if they're the ones pushing for this specialization to say, if you're specialized over here and you need someone that does security or does infrastructure or does this other thing, we can help put you together. Right. You know, it's funny because that's they've been talking about that forever and a day. I remember back, oh boy, early 2000s, Microsoft, this was a big thing, P2P, they called it, and Microsoft put together this huge online database of their partners and their areas of expertise. Now, it was around products at the time, not around industries. It was, you know, I'm a SharePoint expert, or I'm a this, I'm a that, and I'm located, located in this region, and I serve, you know, this demographic, SMB or enterprise, whatever. And it was meant for partners to be able to find one another to, like you said, fill the void of a skill gap that they might have when they're dealing with the customer. So if you go into a customer and you've got 80% of what that customer needs, but the other 20% you just don't specialize in and you don't know anything about, you could go into this little database and find another partner in your area that, that did that. Um, why this has not taken off? Well, there's some obvious reasons because I do think that partners are territorial and there's a natural tendency to be competitive and they think perhaps if they cross the lines and start working together that um, that may be an issue for them. But beyond that, I you know, I just, I've always been baffled by what there, why there isn't more of that. And I think maybe... Maybe with this very intense vertical niche push, uh, we may see more partners realizing, well, I can't be all things to all people, and and I will need to look to form relationships with at least a small ecosystem of other solution providers out there that do things that I don't do. I think the complexity of IT solutions is also going to start driving that because we we sometimes tend to think of new technology as replacing something that came before. And I think what we've seen more of over the past seven years or so is that it's been additive uh, and that you've got new layers of technology coming in. And so some of these things that 
um, companies are trying to do, especially as you start to get into a trend like Internet of Things and it becomes very complex where you've got different pieces of hardware and sensors all over the place and you need the software to stitch that all together and then the data comes in and you need to analyze it and you need the whole thing to be secure. You know, it's really hard to imagine a 50-person solution provider being able to do all of that. Um, but it's not that hard to imagine them specializing in one area of that and then working with other people. And and so as as vendors are wanting this to happen, you know, you mentioned that before it was maybe more around products, and now it can maybe be more around disciplines mm-hmm. um, because you've got these different disciplines and domains coming in to create something. And... I completely agree with you that the third parties are still going to be around because individual companies aren't going to be able to do these things on their own and they're not going to want to. And I think they will still um, have some amount of in-house talent. And I think in a lot of cases, they will probably expand that in-house talent, but it will only be to focus on the, the core, most critical pieces of technology that they want fine-tuned and that they want to maintain the tightest control over. I think for everything else, it makes the most sense to partner with people and build out these complex solutions that you know can't be done by a single entity. But then that that drives you know this need for for channel firms, I think, to think about it in a different way. I mean, study after study that we've done about you know the effects on internal IT departments when a company decides to use a third party for whatever they use them for, whether it's in a managed services engagement or even a one-off project, is the net effect is really they just want the internal IT department to work on strategic projects. And one of the strategic things they want them to work on is to build a cloud strategy uh, for, for their organization. So I think there's definitely you know a coexistence between the channel in whatever form it takes in our future here and existing end-user uh, technologists, and, and so you know, I don't think that they are. You know, gonna, one doesn't wipe the other out, I guess, so to speak. In, in fact, I think that um, the relationship could be even more symbiotic than it has been in the past because it is not a matter of simply having a reseller go in and sell you a bunch of hardware and then call you up in three years for your upgrade. Now you're talking about a relationship that is based on ever-changing services and contractual type arrangements and so you really are working together as opposed to just being the sales guy that comes in like I said every three years. And I think the challenge for us we talked a few episodes ago about the open letter that got written about you know this SaaS environment and and that we you know aren't playing as much there but I, I think the challenge is to recognize what this, you know, overall new environment looks like, what the new channel should look like, and and to not have it be, you know, one or the other, but to make, you know, a, a community of, of members and IT pros that are moving in the same direction um, and that all have, you know, these different strengths and can learn from each other and can, you know, help each other as they're providing new things for their businesses and, and for their clients. Yeah, no, I mean, I'll leave you with this. It's, it's, I think it's going to be super imperative for the, the existing channel players today who want to grow and want to branch into this area to start looking at some of these SaaS companies that are cropping up all over, like I said, this 175,000 you know, uh, ISVs, et cetera, that are at the Salesforce event because they're small companies right now, and many of them, most, are selling direct, and that's how most of these companies start. 
um, because you're small and you've got a small sales force and you sell direct and you really don't have the capacity yet where you need a channel. But what we're finding is a lot of these SaaS companies, as they're growing, are reaching the same conclusions that traditional infrastructure and hardware companies reached a long, long time ago is if you want to grow outside of your geography, you want to grow the number of customers, you want to go your revenue to a certain level, you will never be able to hire a sufficient sales force for yourself um, that will be able to do it. And you're going to need third parties. You will never be able to support all your customers as a first line of defense for them. And and so what we're seeing is these SaaS companies are starting to talk about, okay, so should I build a partner program? And what does that look like? And the, the things that partners of SaaS companies are looking for within a partner program and how they're compensated are very different than the traditional means of, uh, you know, say a Cisco or an IBM has been working with their partners for years. And so I think it's going to be very exciting to kind of watch how program development happens over the years. And I think for our, you know, legacy channel, it's time for them to really take a look at what's working for them today and take a look at some of these newer vendors and what might work for them tomorrow. Well, we should uh, sign off before uh, you completely lose your voice, I guess. But um, I think we've got a lot of the pieces in place. I think we've been building a lot of the pieces, you know, within the research team, within CompTIA to to start having this discussion. And I, I think what we can start doing is take things like the IT framework, take state of the channel and be de- describing this is what IT operations looks like. And this is where the value is going to be added. Uh, and it's maybe different than before, um, but you can get there and we can all get there together. So on that happy note. That happy note. All right. Well, good to talk to you again, Seth. And I hope you have a great weekend. Yeah, you too. Yeah, hopefully. I'm on the mend, told you. So. All right. Well, we'll talk to you next time. All right. Signing out. <laughs>